Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've made it. First podcast of 2021. 2020 is finally over. Thank God. Oh my God. It is good to be back, Brian. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, people. Welcome to 2021 and Channel Chasers. Yeah. Um, oh boy, we survived the dumpster fire of a year. Oh, you're you're telling me. I mean, more so for you, Brian. You actually live in the most dumpster fiery state out there. Um. Yeah, can't really doubt that. But uh, anyway, let's uh, hope 2021 can be better. Yeah, hopefully we're gonna start off on a good note. Got that new segment we got. We told you guys about. If you are an eagle-eyed. Uh, you know, constant viewer or, or I guess listener, if you're, you know, listening to this on like, you know, a podcast platform of the show, uh, we told you guys that we're experimenting with like a, a new monthly format where once a month, Brian and I switch things up. And instead of talking about TV, we uh, talk about a movie and we saw that this movie was coming out on Christmas. So we were like, shit, you know, what better way to kick off the new year than with this? And of course, you well, can tell by the title. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. I was just going to say, before we get into that, I uh, just wanted to plug, let everybody know that uh, technically this isn't our first movie. We did, for the month of November, cover the movie Jingle Jangle. Yeah, which was a great movie. Um, too, bad, too bad nobody actually watched that episode. Well, I think it's audio only, isn't it? Um. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, like, it didn't get that. It didn't get as many plays. Was that our was it was that our last one before we went on break? No. Uh, no. Um. Uh, what was the last one before we went on break? Uh, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, sorry if we're a little disheveled. This is our first uh, time recording in a while. Um. Our last one before we went on break was uh, Selena. Right, it was this is part one of the Selena show. That one actually did pretty well. Um, yeah, thirteen, yeah, not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah not, and for, before that, we did Dash and Lily. Yeah, that was that was such a cute show. All right, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, moving forward, we yeah we are doing our second movie night, and uh, this is a big one. This is one we've both been looking forward to. And actually, before we talk about the movie itself, Wonder Woman 1984, I want to actually spend <laughs> some time talking about uh, kind of how we feel about uh, this, this change in climate that it, uh, like in terms of like movie releases, especially because it seems like a new norm, you know, since this is like our movie equivalent, like our movie special episode of Channel Chasers for the month, I figured, you know, Starting off with this, you know, this new bit, especially because it directly connects to the movie uh, in an indirect way, makes a lot of sense. So, um, in particular with Warner Brothers, right, uh, they have decided to release all their theatrical movies on HBO Max uh, to coincide with theatrical releases to just, you know, help with safety, um, which is actually, it's, it's really good of them, not just for, like, safety reasons, but, like, you also have to think about like losing a ton of money by putting this on a streaming service instead of uh, you know just mm-hmm. putting it in theaters because you know that's where they make most of their money. Obviously, it's a theatrical release and stuff like that. But 
They care more about visibility and hopefully for the safety of the people uh, that they were like, oh, no, no, we have a streaming service that a lot of people bought. It's pretty popular. And plus, this will give our streaming service like, you know, a good boost as well. So let's do that. Personally, I, I want to just champion HBO Max for that. It's probably one of the best streaming services out there, not just for this, but just the crazy content library it has and um, how yeah. extensive it is. It's just, it's great. Great. Highly and recommend even, And even shows that we haven't covered or wanted to cover but didn't have the time to, like Flight Attendant, have been getting really good reviews. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, they have, I do praise them for it. I mean, it is kind of sad that uh, we couldn't go to the theater and have, like, big bombastic experience. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, superhero movies are probably my favorite type of movie to go to the theater with because of, like, and the audience reactions and stuff. Honestly, that I personally think we can get more into this later, but I think that's why uh, maybe the... Some of the reviews were a little yeah yeah um I, I, lesser. I definitely want to talk about the reception. The reception is definitely going to be a part, uh, like the part we talk about but, after the plot, because uh, but, the plot isn't really much to discuss. But yeah, um, but yeah, the um, but I, I do have to praise them for it. I mean, Marvel, Marvel just said, "Screw it, we're not doing anything for 2020," and just completely yep. Yeah, like yeah. kibosh the whole thing. Yeah, they ba- they basically said, "All right, guys, you know we're not gonna give you any movies. We're giving you a fuck ton of TV shows. So uh, there you go." But they're also coming in twenty twenty one. Yep. And uh, but that's all exciting and gonna be twenty twenty one. This year is gonna be really jam packed from both companies. But but yeah, this HBO decision was definitely a big one mm-hmm. and uh it also faced some backlash i mean uh one man it's particularly from one person what one one, who, one very brilliant but very salty filmmaker um, who i'm i'm starting to like uh like Blue's uh, somewhat respectful. He, he's 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 a bit of a snob for this. Uh, I do agree, uh, and of course we're talking about Christopher Nolan because he pushed for Tenet to be released in theaters because he felt as though that that was the only proper way to experience the movie. Which, by the way, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Fantastic movie. John David Washington fucking kills it. But Christopher Nolan needs to get his head out of his ass because. People are not going to go to fucking theaters because there's a global pandemic going around and there is a current new strain that's even more contagious than the first one. So shut the fuck up. Let people watch at the house. And also, uh, you hear about, did you ever see the the last, like, video game awards? What? what, what, I did watch them, yeah. Uh, What about? Uh, Did you see him? Oh, he was there? I didn't see it. I didn't see that part. He presented one of the awards. And uh, he he talked about like all the gloriousness and like greatness of video games, but he says it in such a half-hearted, condescending way. Yeah, that that basically it's kind of clear that uh, he, he gave me. Yeah, he gave, he always gave off a pretty snobbish like vibe to yeah. me. But we're not here to talk about Nolan. 
Uh, we're here no. to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. So before we actually talk about the, mo- the you know, the second movie, we should talk about kind of the first one and like the crazy expectations and set. But honestly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real with you. I never expected 80, 84 to meet that bar because that's impossible. Because that first movie was fucking lightning in a bottle, especially especially given the landscape of the world of DC prior to Wonder Woman's release. Um, I mean, uh, I agree for the most part. Uh, There was one big flaw about it, but the other parts just, like, overwhelmed it to make it a really awesome movie. for, For a long time, until Shazam came out, Wonder Woman was the only movie that I honor... Said I love this shit. Yeah, I I do gotta admit that the final act, the final fight. Oh, the final the final fight's boring uh, and kind of lame and cheap and rushed. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. But, like that that's but, that's the only problem I had with it. So like, but otherwise it is brilliant, and I think uh, one of my honestly probably one of my favorite. Uh, Superhero moments, superhero film moments of oh, all time. Oh, you're talking about the battlefield is, scene? Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. Where she's just walking, and it's just like, it's not only the fact that it's a badass scene of her walking, but also the fact that it, it is a smart move, and she knows what she's doing. She's being the distraction. Now, it, it's iconic, not because it, it, also, it, it also is a brilliant way of showcasing what the character is about. Everybody just yes. assumes Wonder Woman is just girl Superman. She's good at punching things. But no. actually, Wonder Woman is, for the most part, a pacifist. Uh, she does not want to fight people. She's all about protecting people. She is the most loving and compassionate hero in all of the DC universe. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, love and compassion are big themes in both this movie and... Uh, in the original that first came out, I mean, which is why, which is why I don't understand. And you know, th- again, we're gonna we'll talk about more reception in a separate section after we talk about the plot. But which is why I don't understand the whole. Okay, this is cheesy and ham-fisted. The power of love, bulls. Uh, did you guys have up the first movie? That is literally what happened in the. It's literally what happened in the first movie. It's a continuation but... of the character's themes and further building on the character that was established. But. But yeah, uh, as you can tell, we we know our comics, and uh, basically the whole entire thing is uh, Batman is known for mostly fear. Superman is known mostly for hope. Wonder Woman is known for mostly compassion, but also love. Although... You know, I I always argue that one. Yes, Batman is known for fear, but I would also like to like to point out that Batman is more known for cunning than fear. I would say, uh, like, he, well, I mean, he literally created his persona to cause. Oh yeah, no, I no, I know in no. the villains. Yeah, so that's no, what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but uh, like I I uh, I always I always kind of more more like that. Uh, like Superman and Wonder Woman show kind of the uh, compat like the love and compassion like love and compassion and hope of humanity, whereas Batman represents human ingenuity. 
So each member of the Trinity represents a different aspect of what makes humans great and what makes Earth great, which is why they're Earth's greatest defenders, the three of them in particular. Um, yeah, and that's also why I feel like uh, for with Batman, you can have darker stuff like the Nolan trilogy. I yeah, I, I trilogy. I still don't. Under, uh, my my biggest thing, and I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, right? My biggest <laughs> thing with Batman, and this is just me showing my bias. My biggest thing with Batman that they never get right uh, in the movies. Yeah, and uh, which is why I feel like there hasn't been a, a proper adaptation of him is. They never show his ingenuity. He's never a detective. In Nolan's movie, he doesn't build anything. He just buys shit from Lucius and has Lucius make everything. Yes, he's, yes. I was just having a conversation about this the other day. He's literally probably. It was yeah, yeah. It was with me and Jordan. Me and Jordan were talking about this. Yeah, like he's literally yeah. just like in the Nolan movies, as good as they are, as great as they are, he's literally just a rich guy whose power is money. You know that joke in yes. Affleck in the Justice League where Batman when they ask what your superpower is, he says, "I'm rich." That's literally Nolan's Batman. I I feel kind of like um, honestly, I feel kind of like how I felt about Spider Man before Tom Holland, and uh, that's the fact that I've liked all the I've liked all of the people who've betrayed the act, the character, but. They've never like nailed the character. I, 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 I still think it. I still think there's only one actor so far who's actually played a good Bruce Wayne, and that's Michael Keaton. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's only if you're talking live action. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, enough enough uh, enough harping on Batman. We'll get there when our path gets here. But uh, yeah, so and maybe even in Flash. Maybe who knows? Who fucking knows? Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that 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 fucking don't get me started on that shit. Um, anyways, uh, let's let's talk let's talk about the actual subject of the podcast, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. So we're gonna do a quick plot summary. Uh, this is the portion of the podcast that will be spoiler heavy. So if you have not seen it. Uh, you know, we usually take the first 15 minutes to stay as spoiler-free as possible. We're right about at that mark. Uh, you know, go watch it on HBO Max. If you don't have it, you know you know somebody with a password. Go borrow that also, password. Also, I believe they have a free trial. Yep. So, go borrow that password. Use that free trial. Do whatever you got to do. We ain't here to judge you. Um, they do have, also, I noticed recently that they do have a... Uh, multiple accounts for multiple people watching for one account yeah yeah you can have up that you can have up to six people uh i I should know (laughs) but yeah um so go watch it uh trust me i believe it's worth it and uh if anything you shouldn't even listen to our opinions before you watch it yourself you should make your own Yes. Don't listen to any of the bullshit you hear online that hate on it just for the sake of hating on it. Because apparently, and look, I've given DC their fair share of shit. I've like shit on every single DCEU movie that wasn't the Joker and Shazam. Oh, okay. I didn't shit on Aquaman. I actually kind of liked Aquaman, but Aquaman was more of like a cheesy good time kind of fun. 
more than like an actually good movie. Um, but yeah, uh, so honest, so it's not some like I'm I'm not some hardcore DC fan that just always wants to come and cape for them and defend them. I've given oh, them no. their fair. I've given them their fair share of shit. And if you saw my original Justice League review on my uh, OG channel. For those of you who are watching on YouTube that are from my OG channel, y'all remember how fucking angry I was at that goddamn movie. Uh. <laughs> I think I think it's still up there, but I believe on my channel, one of my one of, on my current channel, because mm-hmm. I've had multiple on my current channel. I believe one of my first videos is a 30-minute, like, rant about Batman v. Superman. Yep, so, you know, we, we are not just uh, biased towards, uh, like, skewed positive towards DC. Uh, we, we like to pride ourselves at least trying to be, like, as, you mm-hmm. know, fair as we can. Uh, which is why, as much as we enjoy them, we acknowledge some of the obvious shortcomings it had. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's, so one of those shortcomings is honestly the plot, because Which, this rant, plot, rant, rant, spoiler alert, yeah. officially. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so this plot is pretty bare bones, if I'm being honest with you, and yeah, one of, one of the biggest issues off bat is that it's full. You know where it's going, and because you pretty much can figure out where it's going, uh, like twenty minutes in. It drags. It drags quite a bit in the middle. I mean, um, even though I gotta give the young actress credit that she was awesome and it was an awesome action scene. I, although I fucking, I love, I I love that opening. The opening is great. Um, I, I I just, I just personally thought that maybe it went on for too long. Uh, I don't know, because I think extremely necessary to clearly convey kind of the the tone and the uh, main message of the film now i'm glad they didn't like beat it beat you over the head with it like uh, certain other female led, uh, led movies <laughs> captain marvel <laughs> jeez blowing out the eardrums Sorry, for that I was, one i was l- listen okay i'm not trying to make this a marvel versus dc thing, dc thing but god damn, man, if I had to hear another time where she, like, doubt, where she was like, are you downplaying the fact that I'm a girl? No, nobody cares that you're a woman, okay? <laughs> you're, you're just as badass as everybody else. What I'm complaining about like, an emotionless robot, and even when you get your memories back, you're still an emotionless robot. <laughs> but I... I will say one other thing about the intro. Well, two other things real quick. One uh-huh. is, I kind of felt like that was maybe their, uh, in TV terms, backdoor pilot for the... Oh, for the, for the Amazon spinoff. Oh, 100%. I mean, we know that we yes. already saw that it was confirmed to be a thing, so that's 100% what they were doing. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, like I said before, though, I fully 100% want to give that little girl who plays young Diana, her crack. You know, is... you know this, this actually affects TV, and I hope we don't get two sides recording time limit. But 
going back to TV real quick, that opening really made me think, you know, that old, like, scrapped pilot with Adrian Palacki, Amazon, I feel like they could have done this whole good that shit was. I mean, obviously, that's kind of what they're going to be doing with the uh, the spinoff. I mean, I, it's not going to be focusing on Diana. But, like, I would watch that shit as a TV show, man. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not that everybody isn't tired of the, like, oh, this is young superhero before he became the superhero. I mean, Gotham kind of ran that into the ground. Smallville did it first and did it pretty well. Kind of ruined it for us. Although, I heard, uh, could be wrong, but I heard uh, Adrian Palacki was part of the shitty Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, the one with the pants, yes. But, uh, the... The Amazons one, Themyscira, I believe that was the name of it. If I remember correctly, because it's been a few years, I think they said that that was supposed to star a young Hippolyta. Oh, really? Interesting. That would have been a really cool route to go. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's, it's really it's really cool. Uh, it was really cool to see that opening. I thought it was pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, I loved kind of the lesson that Diana had to learn uh, that like, you know, you need to kind of learn to uh, like learn to accept things as they are and not try to take the easy route. You know, it was clearly a meant to parallel like Barbara's past. And, you know, while there were parts of it that were like kind of ham-fisted, uh, it, they again, they didn't beat you over the head with it, which, mm-hmm. thank God, it could have easily been like, Diana, you're cheating again. Uh, you're ta- this is the easy way out. But no, like if you if you really think about it, right? Because okay, so we're gonna fast forward. Uh, modern times, uh, she ends up meeting Barbara. Job. She's been working at DC as a museum creator, uh, curator, um, for the Smithsonian, an anthropologist. Which we know actually from uh, Batman v Superman because they mentioned mm-hmm. that in in like her her introduction, right? So I thought that was a nice bit of continuity too. Uh, so I'm I'm glad they're at least keeping some consistency. Um, yeah, and, yeah, that's that's right because that was that like badass uh, like bank robber scene because uh, that movie didn't have good it, it didn't like not have good parts. And Wonder Woman. She, was she, I was gonna say she was the only good part in my <laughs> But yeah, that bank robbery scene with her, that was awesome. Yeah, and that like, was pretty dope. I I love I love the scene at the mall. I thought that was really fantastic. Uh, I think. Oh um, yeah, and it, uh, it, it, it makes know, sense. It also makes sense that not many people know who she is because she was active during the '40s, and it seems like she's gone pretty low key under the radar. So also, like, she's doing her best to like get rid of cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. To like go under the radar, like you said. Yeah, which makes uh, a lot of sense. She saves the kid and goes, Shh. Yep. Which was really cute. And uh, I got to tell you, that mall scene, you know who else that reminded me of? Who? Spidey. Oh, yeah. I definitely With all that swinging around yeah, that she yeah, did. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I kept thinking about that the more she used her lasso. I mean, the, she has done that with her lasso before in the comics, but like, this like deliberately reminded me of Spider Man. Um, mm-hmm. 
which you know isn't a bad thing. He's my third superhero, so like I'm I'm not no, gonna complain. It's uh, it's really good. Like yeah, it, it was I like you know I have some complaints about unfinished CGI, which we'll talk about. But mm-hmm. the CGI for the lasso, like all throughout, was really good. Yeah, that fight scene had really good CGI, and that one guy was such an idiot. Yep. Like even his even his boss was like, "You idiot." Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, fast forward, uh, you know, like I said, Diana ends up meeting Barbara Minerva, who we all know will eventually become the cheetah, or at least comic fans know will become eventually become the cheetah. And they uh like Barbara finds this one relic, um, known as the Dreamstone. Oh okay, and here here here's my other big issue. This was a wasted opportunity. This was a, and, and this is more not not even a like a big problem with the movie. This is more just my problem as a hardcore Wonder Woman fan. This was a wasted fucking opportunity. They they attached the Dreamstone to Dionysus when all they have to do is say one name, one name to set up the next bad guy. Thirsty. That's all you had to fucking say. Dionysus. Fuck out of here. Dionysus isn't a Wonder Woman bad guy. Wait, was it Dionysus? They said Dionysus, the god, the god of mad, the god of madness, and the god of madness well, I... and pleasures. No, it was the god of lies. Yeah, the god of lies, madness, and pleasures. Dionysus. I never thought of Dionysus as an ill-content god. You haven't read but... Dionysus as myth. Dionysus loves fucking with people. Yeah, but I thought. Like fun fucking no, people. No, not... no, no. Die, die. If you actually look at like die, the actual cult of Dionysus and the, what they do in their ritual, oh. it is definitely not fun oh, fucking yeah. around with people. He is literally the, he is literally the god of madness. He loves My to bad. make people go fucking crazy. Although he has never been fucking, he's never been pitted as a. Uh, typical Wonder Woman bad guy, right? I mean, I'm glad they didn't yeah. go the Hades route because that's dumb. Because Hades is never supposed to be a bad guy. Uh, like, uh, that's one of my few gripes with Blood of Zeus. But And uh, season two of Blood of Zeus? But yeah, you know, Di- uh, but yeah, I, I was I was pissed that they went with Dionysus. Um, I was pissed that they went with Dionysus. They could have just said Cersei. They could have said Cersei, man. Cersei is all about that monkey paw bullshit. Yeah, and also, the way they said it kind of made you think that Dionysus would show up in the movie. No, but he didn't at all, which is dumb. Also, I don't understand why they have Dionysus, and they end up somehow connecting this to the Mayans, question mark. Like, Why? Well, um, from what I gathered with that is the fact that it it was uh, that this, like, relic, the Dreamstone, mm-hmm. it was in several different c- civilizations that ended, and the last known one oh, got you. Was, was, the Mayans. Was, yeah. was the Mayans, and... One of the ancestors, and one of one of the people was an ancestor to someone who lived today. 
Yeah, yeah, got it, got and it. And he knew about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so essentially what happens is um, both Diana and Barbara make wishes on the stone indirectly, or like unintentionally. Um, Diana wishes for Steve back, and uh, Barbara wishes to be more like Diana. Um, and then our main villain of the movie, Maxwell Lord, actually has been searching for this stone for this whole time. And he's like this pseudo 80s Trumpian like con man. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't just me doing the normal talking crap about the former president. Like, if you know what Donald Trump was like in the 80s, he, this is very much what, Ma- uh, you know, Maxwell Lord was modeled after. And apparently, according to Patty Jenkins, the Trumpisms are, are like, not on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And also the Trump, is- and if you actually, uh, you know, read the uh, old school Justice League comics, and the like the what is it, JLI, where Maxwell Lord was the liaison for, for the government to the Justice League, he actually did have a lot of those uh, similar mannerisms. Now, if you're a comic fan and are familiar with Maxwell Lord, you're like, oh shit, Maxwell Lord, you know, dude with mind control powers who forced Wonder Woman to kill him because she was uh she was gonna make ba- uh, she was gonna make uh, Superman murder a fucking Batman and her. Oh man, uh, this is going to be a pretty intense story. And if you're a CW fan, you're like, hey, isn't that the, the, the evil business yeah, yeah, guy? The evil business guy that had this dubious, flirtatious relationship with Alex before they fully decided she was Jay? And uh, completely just disappeared in season two? Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, not that Maxwell Lord. This one is an even more different Maxwell Lord, played by uh, the Mando himself, over at Prince Over and Martel, whatever the fuck you want to call him, Pedro Pascal. Amazing actor. Cheesing it up to like pure 80s cheese fashion. Uh, dude, he felt so much like a. What the, what the fuck is um, the actor's name who played the, the main villain in Speed? You know who I'm talking uh, about the guy, the guy who makes the bo- the guy who made the bomb. You you know who I'm talking about. What is that guy's name? Or it, like it gave me that same kind of vibe as the villain from Speed. Okay. You you like uh, I mean audience. I'm sure you've seen Speed, Brian. I'm sure you've seen Speed. Uh, I've seen Speed. Well, so I you, have. So you so you know what I'm talking about. Right? You got you got the picture in your head. It matches up. It matches up. He he is just. Chewing away at the scenery in like the best way possible. I know a lot of people complained about him hamming it up, but if you know the kind of character they built him to be in this movie, it makes a lot of sense, especially for the time frame. Um, well, um, also one other thing that I that I want to say about him is um, a lot of the positive reviews, uh, a couple of the positive reviews that I've seen which now it resonates in me and I see it now, is the fact that this movie kind of reminds me of the, uh, of the, like, Christopher Reeve Superman. And, yeah. uh, yeah, where he, this where, Max yeah, Lo- is more like the, like the, um, old school Lex Luthor. Yeah, by, uh, yeah. I forget what that guy's name is. Uh, Gene, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman. I was Gene like, Hackman, yeah. Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. Yeah, it definitely kind of had somewhat vibes of that, but ironically, which is which is which is hilarious 
because, um, you know, John Byrne, when he uh, rebooted Superman or uh, with Man of Steel, right? He, yeah. so Lex Luthor was originally in the, in the 50s, in the, like, from the 30s all the way up until the 60s, was conceived to be mad scientist man, right? Who was pissed at Superman because Superman made him lose his hair because the Silver Age is wacky. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we get the, like, what was it, 30 cakes thing? Yep. But uh, when it was rebooted in the 80s, you know, they couldn't take the wacky origin seriously. So literally, John Byrne thought, uh, John, uh, not John Byrne thought, John Byrne was like, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to make Lex Luthor Donald Trump, wheezy 80s businessman. Um, so there's mm-hmm. where your Trumpism come from. It's not just a direct commentary at Donald Trump. It's literally just kind of a byproduct of an already established association with this kind of villain, right? Not, yeah, but not, not even to say directly that the former president was a villain. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to get into the weird political territory. So y'all can stop with that. Uh, but yeah, uh, back to the movie. When he comes to the museum to see to steal the gem, he's hemming it up. He's like, "You may recognize me," and then he quotes his famous yeah. quote. Infomercial. Yep. Yep. His infomercial, and I love it though because Diana's like, I don't have a TV. Yep, that, that, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, I can get you one. Yep, I, I have, a, I have, seen, a, I have a, I have a standing relationship with Sears, and it's just like, I can, I can get you one, fifteen inches, and it's like, yo, do you, do y'all, I mean, I don't, this, this might make uh, some of the audience, including ourselves, feel old, but y'all remember like the one that. When the 15 inch CRTV was like the shit, <laughs> barely, but yeah. I mean, dude, I had a CRTV in my room until I was like fucking 15, bro. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I I had a uh, I had an old school uh, like concave I, analog TV. I mean, to to be fair, eventually I got uh, like when my parents when time. my parents upgraded to a flat screen, I got the the bigger square tv <laughs> but like yeah you know um I, yeah i just i thought it was funny that he was like yeah 16 inches he has a, he has a, a lot of personality he's very fun very charismatic i enjoyed it like yeah he was hamming, the, he was hamming it up but i feel like it was a good part of it, it made him more memorable tell, tell, well, tell also, me something you remember about aries people tell me something it's nothing because he's fucking well, bland well also one other thing is uh one other thing is the fact that, especially in that scene, he's teasing it up on purpose because uh, there's a scene where he's like making out with her and being cheesy, and then he sees the Dreamstone and like, oh, over here, and just yep. completely shifts the conversation. Yep, he just like because yoink. he's after. Yep, he's after the Dreamstone. Yep, he's just like yoink, which I appreciate. Again, he's much more memorable. And uh, I, I actually have scenes with him that I like and remember. Unlike Dr. Poison and fucking Ares, like I said, we're bland and forgettable. Wonder Woman completely mm-hmm. car- Wonder Woman completely carried the original movie. Maxwell Lord at least helped with this one. And I gotta say, I was I was very hesitant at first with Kristen Wiig uh, when they uh, initially cast oh, her yeah. as Barbara Minerva. But boy, when she gets the powers and she starts to like, ug- when she kind of like ugly Betty's herself, for lack of a better term, um, like it really starts to it really starts kicking, and I'm like, oh shit, no, this is kind of cool. 
Um, and um, this movie, I didn't even realize this until somebody pointed it out. Uh, this movie is a first for the DCEU. What? And it's twice at the same time. Oh, yeah? Sympathetic villain. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily sympathetic towards Max, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, he has a kid, but that doesn't mean I feel bad. Well, well, in the beginning, when he's when he's talking to Simon Stagg, yeah, I genuinely believed him when he said that uh, he was just trying to make people's wishes come true, and that uh, he was just trying to do like what was best for the people that worked under him. Maybe, and... maybe you're just more trusting than me. He just seems sleazy from the jump for me. And I was just, I was just like, ah. Well, well, still, even you could say that Barbara. No, was no, no, Barbara, sympathetic. Barbara was for sure. That's why I did. That's why I said I don't know about twice. Barbara for sure was sympathetic. I didn't sympathize yeah. with Max. I sympathize with Barbara one hundred percent, but not and not Max I do, at all. and I do, and I want to say positive and negative with Barbara. I do like the uh, way that they evolved her and got her to the actual cheetah. I'm glad they didn't do the the dumb bullshit where they just had her in like cheetah print dresses the whole time, and then eventually out of nowhere she becomes a cheetah person. Yeah, they. Um, she initially just wished to be like Diana, and so that had side effects. I guarantee you, uh, and this is not to just shit on the CW because I love the CW. I guarantee you. This was a fucking CW show. She would just be wearing cheetah print the entire time, and the cliffhanger for the end of the season would be that she finds some kind of magic totem or some shit. And there you go. Kinda. And uh, also, this was CW. Uh, they'd be uh, constantly uh, questioning whether or not Diana and her would get together because there definitely were vibes. Oh yeah, no, there, there were definitely vibes. I mean, she, she she also grew up on Themyscira, so that's not really out of the question either. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, what I was getting at is the other the the small negative with Barbara is the fact that they never uh, explain they he... never explained the my bad I didn't I'm sorry I keep cutting you off Brian my bad um, I was. I was just gonna say that uh, that she wishes the way that they get her to the actual cheetah. Yeah, I was just, is is that was a, yeah that was, is that Pedro Maxwell Lord says I will give you a free wish. You've been so great to me. I'll give you a free wish. Anything you want, and she says that I I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be something that has never seen before. I want to be a predator. I was like, you're, you're, you're telling me no one's seen a cheetah before? No one's seen a cheetah person before. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get but, And she said that she wanted to be a predator. Yeah. No, I get that. and it, that, that, made, but, that made sense. But that was a really, but what, that was a really hand-wavy way of explaining. Yeah. And the other thing is, is earlier in the movie... We established that him is the Dreamstone. He can only give one, one wish, yeah, wish per person, and she's already wished yep. upon the wishing. That, that's what me and stone. that's what me and Mimi were talking about, right? Like, how the fuck did she get a second wish? 
Like, I yeah. see. So okay, so my theory is right, and uh, they kind they kind of they show this, but they never tell you outright. But I think you know how he like he uses the runoff from people's wishes to uh, like cure his own like sickness. I think he also split that runoff and granted her wish with that. Cause, I could see cause that. Because, you, you, you know, I, you remember the, the part with the big teleconference, right? As, yes. as he's like, you know, he says, you know, I'm feeling better. And, you know, I, I take your health and I give her your rage, your anger, your despair, blah, 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 blah. So I think he was just using the runoff from other people's wishes instead of actually giving her a full wish since she already got uh, it. I get you. But uh, back to the plot, though, uh, he gets it and he wishes to be the stone and then he starts granting wishes to everybody and shit starts going. Which is kind of similar to Maxwell Lord with the mind control words thing, but not exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's still a little weird to me. Not that I think he needed to be exact. Maxwell Lord was always going to be kind of a, a cheesy villain to begin with. He was, he's basically just DC's and this is a purple man. Um, also, also like uh, going up to people and it's like, don't you wish that you could so-and-so, so-and-so? Or don't you wish this for me? I would, I, yo, I would be, I'd be so pissed if I got tricked into that bullshit. Like, wait, I, what, I, it's like, why the fuck would I wish for that? That's what I would say to him. And, uh, I forgot the name of it now because I'm not a big car guy. But uh, the 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 famous car, like the big car at the time, what was it? A Mercedes. Uh um, a lot of people were wishing for them apparently, and so no, it was a Porsche. Like, it was a Porsche. It's a Porsche. Porsche. I mean, especially in the '80s, the Porsche uh, is super popular. I mean, the fucking. Uh, at the big scene with the Porsche, yo, a lot of people. The eighty, the eighty four box Porsche nine eleven is still one of the sexiest cars out there. Uh, if you, if but, you guys are familiar with Transformers, that's what Jazz is. Uh, but, but yeah, I was just saying that uh, when shit was going real, they were talking about. Oh yeah, how, and, and, uh, he, and he was trying. He was trying traffic. to. And he was trying to frantically. He was trying to frantically uh, get wishes from his like underlings. And he's like, did I already grant your wish? He's like, yes, sir. Uh, you got me a Porsche. He's like, why does everybody want a fucking Porsche? And then later they talked about how the streets are jam-packed with tons of people and Porsches speeding around. Yep. And then and then the one poor old guy who was like, she was tell his like wife or whatever was telling him to get inside. Uh-huh. And he said, and he said, but what about my cows? Oh yeah, I told the guy that I wanted to be, I wanted to farm. You're not here. I didn't mean right here. Yeah. That yeah, that was pretty funny. I also felt bad for the couple that was arguing, and then she just yelled at him to drop dead. And like you know, he fucking died. Well, no, uh, she said, "I wish all of." Uh, yeah, all, all, all you Irish, Irish people, uh, yeah, 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 Irish bastards would go back to where you came from, and then he, and then he said to drop dead, and so he got like, I wish you dropped dead, yep, and so he got, I think he got like arrested by the cops or something. Oh, oh yeah, all of his people were getting arrested. Uh, yeah, his wife dropped dead. outside. 
and the wife started getting a heart attack. Yep. Uh, but so chaos is also. Yes. Yeah, so... Also, one other thing, real quick. Just a side note. Another small down part. Waste of a character is a. Uh, in the beginning, he he gets his company by stealing, basically using the wish to steal someone else's company. And, that's and the guy that he's yeah. the guy that he steals is Simon Stag of Stag Industries. And if you guys aren't fam- and, it's and like, if you guys aren't familiar with Simon Stag, Simon Stag is a uh, notable but also obscure kind of DC villain who is the uh, father-in-law to uh, Rex Mason, aka Metamorpho. Uh, he was uh, like actually the one who funded the creation of the Metal Men, uh, a bunch of other stuff. I believe he was also in some continuities part, uh, like one, the one one of the people who funded the Firestorm project. Uh, and everybody and all of his like quote unquote creations keep getting the short end of the stick, and his character does because. Uh, He's actually been on The Flash. Yep. Like in season one. Yep. And it's just like, come on. I love Metamorpho. He's such a weird, awesome OP dude. But also, like, budget. True. But also, never get the time of day. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, But yeah, so... um, uh, So, Chaos is descending in the streets. Meanwhile, Diana, her cost for getting her wish to have Steve back is to slowly lose her powers, which are kind of slowly transferring over to Barbara as time goes on. Um, whereas Barbara's, you know, pay, uh, cost that she pays is she loses her humanity as she gains more power. Um, she becomes mm-hmm. more and more ruthless and um, vicious. And so after that, we basically have Diana being like, you don't understand. After after you died, I had nothing. Uh, I cut myself off from the world. I didn't. You were the only thing I ever loved. I had nothing else that I loved or cared about in this world. I only stayed here because of you. Because you loved this place, and I wanted to protect it in your honor. You're all I've ever wanted, Steve. And like, that's the thing. Uh, like, I know a lot of people think the Steve Trevor thing was like uh, kind of rushed, but I I love this because like. The, mm-hmm. the Steve Trevor Diana relationship has never been done better than in that movie. I never actually cared about Steve Trevor ever, and I've been reading Wonder Woman since I was like eight years old. Um, I've never cared about Steve. Steve always just reminded he's like, oh, you're just the other you're the other Steve from comics that's in the military that's not Captain America. Um, Mm-hmm. Although they basically kind of, w- with him coming to the future, in uh, quotation marks, they kind of play him as Captain America in this movie, which is kind of adorable. Um, well, it it was really cool because it was like a parallel to to the first movie. Yeah, where yeah, well, yeah, where she, was, yeah, where she was the naive water. one, but now it's her turn. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. I loved how they did that. Um, I loved his genuine reactions to everything, especially the. The escalator, the escalator scene. The escalator scene. His dress-up montage I thought was adorable. I loved uh, his, his reaction to the astronaut and the new planes. That's pretty sick. Um, but yeah, eventually, Steve, you know, realizes. All right, look. You need your power back. The world needs you. 
I'm already gone, Diana. It's fine. The world needs you. Go save the world. And so he lets himself fade. Diana renounces her wish, and she gets her powers. Um, Which, um, I just want to point out that uh, a positive and a negative with Steve, since we're talking about Steve. Mm -hmm. The positive is uh, the way that they did him and brought him back was basically it was pretty clever. Yeah, it was pretty clever. His ghost essentially possesses the body of this rando, um, and the ran- yeah. and the rando like becomes Steve while in possession. Well, his his like spirit goes into the guy's body, and once and once Diana realizes that it's him, in her mind, it looks like Steve. So the camera pans, and from then on out in the movie, we see we see that it's him. Yep. We see Chris Pine, and I and I want to say that uh, I thought that was really good, and I thought that was really awesome yeah like, it's, uh, it's a cl- and... it's a clever trick without having to actually bring steve fully back from the dead right like yeah you did but you didn't i thought that was really smart and one other big thing before i get to the negative that i've got to applaud them for that i thought was clever is in that very good emotional scene where she's saying that she denounces her wish and that he he said and you can hear him off in the distance saying, I love you, and all that. Mm-hmm. And as he's yelling it and she's denouncing her wish, you can hear that it no longer sounds like Chris Pine. Yep. I man, that which, that that, that which, scene where like they had to say goodbye was about choked up a little bit. Um Yeah, it it did, it did honestly, and I will admit that uh I did cry once in the movie. And, that was uh, my one time when they had when they said goodbye. Well, I I almost did, and then um, they kept doing things over and over to just keep piling on it. And the thing that like bursted the the floodgates was Pedro's acting with the son. Oh yeah. In the end, but but I want to say that the one negative about Steve. Is the fact that he possesses this rando, and they never question who the guy is, yeah, and like the repercussions of like his family, yeah, and also he he kind of just like is there at the end for the cute little Christmas moment, but then like she never is like, oh yeah, but uh, it's like, and he he never like says something like, hey, didn't we make out? I I, I vaguely remember <laughs> making out with actually I had sex with you. Wait a minute. Like, come on now. <laughs> like that—that's kind, that's yeah. kind of a dick move, Diane. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and also, uh, things would get really icky and weird if the genders were switched. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that's a little double standardy. I feel like if if it, yeah, if a dude like if Steve if Steve did that, which is why it was weird when Steve made out with Sharon, right? Like, it was kind of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is I know this is a thing in the comics, but like especially because they more firmly established the relationship with Peggy in the movie version, it felt. That's why I'm glad that that um 
Well, A, they phased her out and they no longer did it. Yep. And B, she's now getting her time in the TV show. Which I hope she just gets with Bucky because I, I think that actually kind of cute. Since, you know, Nat's no longer an option, RIP. Um, but, but anyway. But yeah. Back to Wonder yeah, Woman. So she denounces her wish. She ends up getting her powers back. Epic fight with Cheetah, and here's where the unfinished CGI comes in. Oh uh, God, that was that yeah. was fucking bad. I, I I I have. It wasn't always bad. It, okay, so I I I think it, so. The reason I had more of a problem with this than the Ares one, at least the Ares one was bad all the way through. It it pisses me it pisses me off even more when there are good parts inconsistent. If it's going to be bad, at least yeah. be bad all the way through so I can make fun of it. I can't even make fun and, of it because there are good parts. And, yeah, and also the thing that that got me, like, I'm, I've been pretty big into, like, cinematography and stuff in the past. And uh, the thing that got me about that scene is the fact that uh, Diana is wearing that awesome gold armor that's making her shine and mm-hmm. making her stand out but it, yeah, it, just, Barbara, it, it just gets instantly ter- torn to shit once Barbara starts like using the cheetah power my point my point mm-hmm. my point was that cheetah Barbara was the same color as the background yeah also something that bothered me uh like about um like one, like the power inconsistency in general, and I know this is just me being a nerd, but I, in the last movie, at the very end, during that fucking at the, that fight with Ares, they talk about how she has this like fucking Zeus lightning power shit. Where the fuck was that? Where the fuck was that? Why why why, why um. did you just zap this bitch with lightning? Huh? Huh? What happened? And also, speaking about that fight, and another kind of negative thing, is uh, in the end, uh, she tells her to denounce her wish, and she says no, and then she says, I'm I'm sorry, and I don't know about you, but I thought the implication of the scene... That she was going to kill her? Was yeah. It, that she was killing yeah, her. Yeah, same. I thought that. And that she was dead. Yep. I... But then at the end of the she movie, they had yeah. the... Mm-hmm. They had the whole yeah I, movie magic ending. Yeah, I, I swear, I swear she was gonna kill her. I I thought so because that's I thought she was dead. Yeah, like I legit yeah, thought, I, I thought she, I thought she killed her, and I thought that was the one time she actually used the lightning power. Because I thought, because I you know you you see they're in the water, and I'm like, oh, she's gonna fucking fry her head. Okay, cool. Because one one of my one of my favorite lines in a Justice League comic is when Wonder Woman looks at Clark. And Bruce, and she goes, you know, boys, uh, you want to know the difference between me and you? You two have rogue galleries. You want to know why I only have two or three villains that constantly come back? Because all of mine are dead. I use a sword. True. Wonderful, wonder, wonder, like you know, everybody c- complains about Batman being like whenever Batman you know goes on a killing spree, which is understandable. But like Wonder Woman's the most hardcore out of the entire trinity. Like, 
Also, um, if any, if it's, injustice. If it's okay for start killing bitches, it's definitely one of them. Also, in injustice, the game was such a big thing, and uh, I've recently like been awoken to like the negatives of that and all that. But uh, I, anybody ever thought I, about how I rude we'd you. be if Di Bro. if Diana went? I I hate Regime Wonder Woman. Regime Wonder Woman is the worst interpretation of Wonder Woman to ever be created. Not, not like their version, like the Injustice regime, but I just meant like if Wonder Woman was to ever go. Like, oh yeah. Oh, th there's actually have that Injustice. Okay, moment. so there's actually so just just a real quick side note. Funny you should mention that, right? Uh, just just because we are about to reach the hour. Yeah, mark. So, but real quick. Funny you should mention that. There's actually a comic series called uh, I think it's like Wonder Woman: The End or Wonder Woman. No, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman last uh, like Wonder Woman last on Earth or something like that. It was a relatively new, like uh, black. It was the last black label book ever to be published by DC before black label got dissolved. And it's this book about uh, Wonder Woman literally uh, waking up in the middle of this like crazy apocalypse where monsters have taken over the world and like the world has completely gone to shit batman's dead superman's dead turns out what happened was um america nukes the mascara and turns the mascara and, uh, like all the amazons into these mutated zombie creatures uh and wonder woman snaps and she kills superman uh, because superman wasn't able to stop them in time um and it's it's pretty it's oh, pretty intense. It's 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 metal as fuck because like towards the end when uh, she has to fight her uh, like her mutated version of Hippolyta to save the Earth, she literally takes Superman's spine, ties it with the lasso of truth, and turns his skeleton into a flail because his bones are indestructible. It's metal as fuck. Oh my god! Damn, it, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was pretty sick. I, I just wanted to talk about that but, real quick because this it, it, is pretty fucking. Cool. And that would be a good like. Uh, that would be a good basis for a game. You know that that's it was pretty fucking sick, dude. But but anyway, uh, back to this though, because uh, she does fight Cheetah, and like we said, we have our issues with it. It's probably our least favorite part of this. Yep. Of the movie, uh, but but then she has a not fight but confrontation with Max. With see, I, see, I like this a lot better than the Cheetah one because this felt more like something. What I mean, not that the Cheetah fight didn't feel on Wonder Woman, but this felt like how Wonder Woman would solve a situation, right? Well, also one other difference is uh, this scene was well lit. Yeah, one hundred percent. And wasn't the the Snyder trademark grim dark? Yeah, because uh, Patty Jenkins knows how to actually use fucking color. Um, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, she had to not use color for that fight because, like, otherwise you would really see how bad that CGI was. Uh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, I thought I thought that was uh, like a nice way to handle it, and I liked how it kind of turns Wonder Woman at the end into a Christmas movie question mark. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she has that great like passion which, speech, which, 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 which kind of confuses me, right? Uh, I just want to talk about this, and again, this might just be a nitpick, but th that that end moment that was kind of like a Christmassy scene, 
I was very confused because I swear to God, uh, during the during her little a whole new world moment with Steve, they were like she was like, oh yeah, fireworks are going off. It's the Fourth of July. So why the fuck is it snowing? Yeah, but I was just gonna say in the final confrontation with with Lord, mm -hmm. and uh, she does like that big speech about talking to the people mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. It was cheesy, but on brand for Wonder Woman, Perf in my opinion. Perfectly on brand for Wonder Woman. That's how Wonder Woman would handle but, the problem. But I will say that the way that they framed it, for like a split second, I thought she was talking to the camera. Yeah, they definitely. Uh, I mean that when she when she said, "I'm not talking to you." Yep. I thought maybe she just like turned to the camera. <laughs> Yeah, that that part was a little cringy. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I do agree with the critiques there. Um, but I feel like that method overall, like, very much fits Wonder Woman's mo. Um, mm -hmm. Anyone who's actually read her comics knows that's how she deals with shit, right? Like, yes, I I, I just said a few minutes ago that she she's the one that kills all her bad guys because she doesn't want to deal with the bullshit because she's a Greek warrior and that's how Greek warriors deal with their shit. But also, like I said, she's very kind and compassionate. Yes. She won't hesitate to kill people, but she killing people is her last resort. Unlike Batman, who will well, bitch and contemplate for like forever about it. Uh, if if Wonder Woman and the Joker were to be uh, like villain and hero, his ass would be dead. His ass would just be fucking dead. Yes. Um. Either that, either that, or I think he he turned himself in and quit because he's like, "You're no fun." Yep. Uh, but more but, often A than B. But any, anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, we basically said the movie, except after credit scene. Yeah, okay, so this is the part that made me lose my shit personally. So um, mm -hmm. uh, one thing that was set up in the movie was uh, the legend of, I forget, is it like Astrea or whatever? Astrea? Yeah, Astrea. Yeah, Astrea. Yeah, Astrea. 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 Uh, Astrea is actually an, um, like a, um, an actual like Greek goddess uh, and an Amazon warrior uh, who's uh, the head of Hippolyta's guard. Um, and uh, they, they talk about how when Hippolyta separated the island of the Amazons from man's world, Astrea was the one that stayed behind and held back the forces of man. Um, and in this in this great armor that all the Amazonians got together to make, yep, they melted down all and... their weapons and forged one great armor. Although I don't understand why they didn't just go like, oh yeah, I, you know, it's not just you know she didn't just get a fancy armor. She has Hippolyta's girdle. Hippolyta's girdle is one of the most powerful artifacts in all of Greek mythology. Come on, people, you have Amazons, use Amazon lore. It's pretty fucking easy. And also, just real quick, as a real quick rant. Ares should not constantly be a Wonder Woman bad guy. Ares technically is Diana's grandfather because Hippolyta, Penthesilea, and what, what is the other one? Uh, Antiope are the three daughters of Ares and the three queens of the Amazons. So there you go. Fun Greek mythology fact for you guys. Ares should not be a Wonder Woman bad guy. There, said my piece. Um, uh, Agreed, but uh, moving on. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, Diana talks about how when she first, when she after the whole thing with World War II, 
and uh, she uh, she was trying to like you know find more pieces of her culture. She went looking for um, Estrella because obviously Estrella is Samuskarian, so she doesn't age in the same way Diana doesn't age. Um, although that's never confirmed because technically Diana doesn't age because she was made for uh, like she is you know a demigoddess, but you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So she looks for Estrella. And it's just, and she's like, oh, no, all I could find was her armor. So she's probably gone. But at the very end, we see uh, this little girl is about to be crushed by, what is it, like a falling sign or something? Yeah, it was like a lamppost Yeah, yeah, or yeah, something? a falling sign, a lamp, like a neon sign, a lamppost, something like that. Anyway, it falls. It's about to crush this little girl. And a woman comes up, and she holds it up. At first, she's thinking, oh, it's Diana. Camera pans up. It's not Diana, or at least not Gal Gadot. Well, well, first, first we hear we hear her, and it it's not Gal Gadot's voice, but she does say a line that Diana said earlier in the movie when she saved Barbara before Barbara knew that she was Wonder Woman, and she just was like, "Oh, it's just a." It's just the momentum, like using momentum yeah, type yeah. thing. It's just self defense. It's uh, using momentum against. It's just basic self defense. Just using momentum against uh, your opponent. Yeah. Um, and uh, she and she says that same exact thing about how she was able to pick up the lamppost. Yep, thing. catch the sign. And then the camera pans, and we see who's and, and, saying this. And also, this. like if you if you've been watching Supergirl, you you'd know that voice because that that, that is the voice of the president, people. Um, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, enough beating around the bush. It's fucking Linda Carter, man. Holy shit! I I, I lost my damn. Man, I lost my shit. I I freaked out. My brothers looked at me like, okay, who the fuck is this lady? And I was like, dude, that's the original Wonder Woman, man. Like me, like me, me and my dad were both like, oh shit, and like my brothers were like, uh huh, who's this lady? I was like, no, that's the Wonder Woman from the, the and, 70s and 80s, man. And see, the thing is, is not only is that an awesome, like, cameo Easter egg, but the way they set it up, she could be a prominent figure in Wonder Woman 3. And, and, here's, here's something that I speculated about that we never talked about, but I had this personal theory. So... Uh, if you guys are, if any of you are like really hardcore DC uh, comic nerds, you might know that back in back in the day, they had an iteration iteration of the JSA where Hippolyta was the original Wonder Woman, right? At, oh yeah. So what if? I mean, obviously they can't do that because Wonder Woman was around in the '40s in this one. But what if? Prior to Wonder Woman, and maybe the JSA existed even further back than when Wonder Woman showed up. And Estrella was Wonder Woman without being, you know, Wonder Woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. kind of had that same kind of reputation. I think that would be kind of cool. Not nice way to set it up. It, it would. Set up like Carrie. It would. And I do like the, uh, and I do like the uh, iterations that have Hippolyta as a JSA member. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, like, the JSA is more explicitly associated with World War II and World War II era villains because uh but but sorry to cut you off there I've been cutting you off all day dude it's fine but uh 
it is confirmed that several modern JSA members are going to be in Black Adam. Yep. Including Netflix's golden child, Noah Santanini. Noah Santanel? Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, he's going to be uh, Adam Smasher. Oh, shit. Cool. Good job, Noah Centineo. But, oh. but, but yeah. Uh, also, uh, he, there was a rumor going around that he was going to be He-Man in that He-Man. Oh yeah, I did hear about that movie. But yeah, so. But that fell through. But anyway, so, so, the, like, so the, la- the last, it could yeah, the last be. section I want to talk about, like I mean, obviously, final thoughts. We enjoyed it a lot. But uh, before we, uh, before we kind of like close out, I want to talk about the reception of this movie. So. I agree with what Brian was saying, what Brian had alluded to earlier. I feel as though people were much harsher on this movie because they treated this kind of like a direct-to-DVD sequel because of how it was formatted as opposed to the usual big blockbuster rollout. Because I feel like a lot of the movies we watch, because especially, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, uh, but even, like, even some of the Marvel movies that I love, if I go back and I watch them, you know, just by myself, they're not as exciting um, because you don't have like a crowd to ooh and ah with at the same time. There's, they're still awesome. Oh, you know, it doesn't. But there's a bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a awesome. big, it's a big difference, especially on a first impression, right? Like, I mean, still one of my favorite like times of going to Avengers the Endgame was fucking oh, exactly. Endgame. Avengers yes. Endgame is the. The, the reason Endgame still holds up uh, so well in my mind is because of just the hype and the feeling of that movie. Not to say that it, and I mean, not to say that it, does, it couldn't stand on its own, right? But And I mean that explosion when uh, Captain America... No, 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 no. The, the real explosion was Avengers! Yes. That was yes. when I fucking... I lost it. Um, yes, and and the like quiet before yep. on your left. Yep. Yep. We could do a whole podcast on anything. Yeah. I mean, but, actually, uh, anyway, we did. Uh, we uh, that was one of our early channel chases. Yes. Um, well, but uh, but anyway, and I believe that that was back during the video time, and uh, we went on for like three hours. Yep. 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 Uh, and we could do even more. Yeah. But, but yeah, quickly, um, cl- yeah, quickly the reception. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I I think that was a big factor, and I, I think that colored a lot of people's perception of the movie. While it's not perfect by any means, and I don't think it's better than the first one, I don't think it could ever be, uh, because also, mm-hmm. so I was just gonna say I don't think it, I don't think it uh, could ever be because you can't recapture that. Uh, they, but, but it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It properly built up off of what was established in the first one and continued the themes perfectly and continued the character's journey so we understand where she is at the time of Justice League. So now her also, character Justice um, League makes a lot more sense. Yes, and also, real quick, I know this is like the awkward thing to say when they get criticism that they just didn't understand it, but I believe that some people just didn't understand the fact that this was, this was, eighty four, so it was designing itself like the eighties movies, 
to the fact where I didn't even realize this until going back and watching clips and watching reviews and stuff. When when they go from when they go from the flashback to the title scene that's in the eighties, mm. the black bars yep. appear. Like old school eighties. Yep. Yep. And this was meant to be like an homage to the eighties and was set in the eighties. And, and I think mm. and I think that uh people are gonna be pleasantly surprised when Wonder Woman three which has already been announced, comes out because the, they've already confirmed that not only is Patty and Gal going to come back, but it is indeed going to be set in modern yeah. time. And I believe when we get to that, that audiences are going to maybe in hindsight get it yeah. and like the third Cause, one yeah, cause more. Because I, I, I think people don't, people fail to release, uh, realize, I think, that Wonder Woman 1984 is still Wonder Woman learning to be who she is by the time of Justice League. Um, that too. And this is all—it's all a prequel, man. Like prequels aren't one of the best prequels out yeah, there. Yeah, like, it's—it's all a prequel, man. You—you—you—they people are people are looking at it to be uh, like on the level of uh, like the original, but no, it's it. It's a middle movie. Middle movies don't aren't supposed to top. Yes, there are a couple of times where it does happen like that. See Back to the Future. But middle movies are you, especially if they're built in a trilogy and explicitly built for a trilogy. Middle movies are uh, like are supposed to be the midpoint. You're supposed to be at the point in the story where the character is almost at the completion of their journey, but not quite there yet. Um, and that's exactly what this movie did, and it did it well. Like so, I have like other than my like obvious nitpicks and nerd shit there's no real complaints from me personally all right uh we've got like 16 minutes left yep uh so uh number overall thoughts and plug yeah. real so, quick so yeah so i'd give i i'd give this honestly a solid 8 uh i was i was debating on like 7 7.5 but i watched it again and i was like no no i'd give this a fucking 8 my uh, the, yeah. the, the, two, the two points that i would knock down is the pacing and the bad CGI for Tiva. Indeed, yes. I would give it an 8-2, honestly. One of the few times where we actually agree. And I would give it an 8. And one of the reasons why it picked up for me was that, like, flying scene. We didn't talk about it, but that was so freaking awesome. That was beautiful. Awesome. Oh, my God. With the fireworks. They played... They played... Well, not only that one, but when she's actually learning oh, to fly. Oh, on her own. I also, I also love. And they're playing that music from Sunshine. I love that she transitioned into realizing, oh shit, wait, let me do the fucking Superman thing. Oh shit, this works. Yeah, even though she hasn't met Superman yet. I mean, you know, she, she's older. She she's probably parent. And I actually did hear a fan theory that maybe, maybe Clark was the Kent's wish and that Krypton exploding was the backlash of the Oh wish. shit, that's that's really fucking interesting. Holy shit. Yeah. But just the fan theory that's out nice. there and uh like I like I said, eight eight, we've said why we thought it was negative. Why but overall I would give it an yeah, eight. I did really yeah, like really it. enjoyed it. But okay, so plug time. Um I'll I'll be I'll be quick about this. Y'all are probably wondering if you're watching this on the YouTube end. Jay, where the fuck have you been this last month? 
Uh, well, dear viewer, I have been on Twitch, um, and I've I've been re- like a madman. Yeah, I've been grinding real hard on Twitch, and it's, like the community has been really blowing up. I, I I love my Twitch fam, but that does not mean I forgot about you guys. It's just TV has been dead for been in a TV mood for uh, a bit. Uh, but I'm I'm starting to get back into the swing of things, and once all the shows actually start coming back this month, I will be back in full force. So don't worry. Uh, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. The channel will be coming back. And I mean, you are starting to get back into the TV mood yep. with uh, what we're doing next. We're week. gonna be um, sending off one of my uh, favorite shows, despite it being a roller coaster of a show. Uh, Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, this is a show that we've covered every season, actually. This is the only one where we, where we haven't actually skipped the season. So, <laughs> we Unfortunately, you probably haven't seen our reviews of the seasons. If, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're brand new to the channel, yeah. But if you're an OG fan, because a lot of you guys are migrants from my old channel to begin with. Uh, but yeah, if, um... We'll finally get to uh, completely finish a show because, fun fact, we've never actually reviewed every season. There's always one season we skip with all the shows that we've covered. Um, except, yes, except for Stranger and Things. Everything... Except for Stranger Things. So far. Knocks on wood. Um, Which, uh, that, that, from what I hear, rumors are that we're not even going to get that until next Christmas. Yep. So, anyways. But yeah, that, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, I promise I'll be back, you guys. I, I, I know I've been silent, but I haven't been completely gone. I've just been on another platform, uh, grinding my ass off. Um, well, I, on the other hand, have been uh, off on my ass, but I've been slowly coming back. I have a few reactions. Uh, I did a review for this movie. No. That's up on my nice. channel, uh, but uh, also uh, it's a more compact review, <laughs> but um, also hopefully if I can get to it, I forgot it was on and then I wasn't feeling well, but hopefully I can get to it. Uh, maybe uh, today of releasing this, I can release my review for Doctor Who Revolution of the Daleks, nice, nice. which w- which was actually surprisingly good, and I would say one of the better Chibnall stories so far. Even though uh, specials overall, it's still not that high. And Chim- Chibnall's probably, uh, still probably my least favorite showrunner because of inconsistency. But but, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, the way that it ends, I am excited to see where we go from here. But yeah, um, into season thirteen I- and. Uh, also coming up in my channel is uh, hopefully if I can get to it, I'm starting work again Monday, so who knows what my schedule's going to be like, but uh, I'm going to try to maybe go back to an old tradition of the channel and do top 10s for 2020. Listen, 2020, thanks to the coronavirus, I don't remember what's come out in 2020. Oh, oh yeah, I had to... I had to slowly remember because, like, I was talking about it with some work friends, and it's like the last movie that I actually saw in the theater was uh, Sonic. Same, actually. 
and it's like that felt like that <laughs> that felt so long ago. Yeah, same. Uh, that's that's wild. Holy shit. But but yeah. But yeah. Uh, last thing, I promise this is the last thing. Uh, speaking of stuff that ten minutes. Speaking of, thing that Brian, uh, speaking of things that Brian is also involved in, in with me, uh, on my second channel where I post Twitch clips, uh, I've been editing this furiously. Uh, we have some really good Among Us footage because we've been playing a lot with uh, my Discord community. It's been great. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Check out those Twitch streams, you guys. Like. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like YouTube, it's been kind of suffocating with all the with all the restrictions it has. Twitch is a lot more relaxed and uh, lets me vibe. So uh, if you really, although they are getting a little bit stricter, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, uh, they they're big with copyright now. Oh, I, I'm used. And... To, I'm a YouTuber, Brian. I'm used to that. Uh, and I, yeah, I know to avoid and saying then... certain words, but there are also ways around that too. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, Definitely check out those. Uh, I pretty much stream daily, uh, twice a day, actually. And uh, right after this, I'm going to be hopping on there. So definitely, you know, check it out. Links are in the description. Uh, uh, good to be back. I hope you guys had a happy new year. And we will catch you guys next week with Sabrina. Until then, peace. See ya.